The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and a man who isn't just the greatest, isn't just the coolest. I'm none of those things. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the ECW Encyclopedia of Classic Wrestling and the whole effing show to my new effing show. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? I wish I had a whistle right now. Blow hell out. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, yeah, there was something on this show where when Bill Alfonso was coming out, uh, Joey Styles did something about he had like a, an article on their website or whatever called like the whistleblower. Like, oh, yay. Uh, you know, that Russian dude, right? Or Ukrainian dude, whatever he was. That WikiLeaks guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever the hell his name is. I, I can't even remember now. Julian Assange, that was it. Gosh. Uh, but, well, the real whistleblower, Greg, is clearly Bill Alfonso. That's who we all think about. But what I was thinking about while I was watching this ECW show was actually, wasn't that bad. That was pretty good. Uh, two ECW shows in a row that I didn't hate. The last one I feel was better. This Blind one I squirrel. felt. <laughs> the, the, the last one I felt was better. The barely legal uh, 97. But this show uh, I thought was, was good. It had enough good stuff on it. Or it kept me interested. There was a lot of crap surrounding it. That we're going to get into. No. Because. Yeah. If anybody actually watches this show. I, I did not look into the news. Before I watched the show. I usually watch it, take my notes for the show, and then I'll go back and collect the news. So I had no idea why the show was formatted the way it was, but we'll get into all that in the, the news and notes. Uh, did you have any idea what was going on? Like, why this card was set up this way? Nope. That required me knowing what's going on in this stupid company ahead of time. And that <laughs> ain't happening. Yeah, it was, it was weird. But when I go through the news, you'll see why. It, it's just like, wow, this is a pay-per-view, and all this crap is happening. <laughs> you just praised it. <laughs> well, that's bad. So it was crap. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the middle of the card was pretty damn good. There was a match on the show that should have closed the show, but it didn't. <laughs> we've said but, that the last seven uh, events we've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. This, uh, this, particular, this particular one, it was like... Okay, I mean, I, I see a reasoning sort of why you would have the world title close, but when you had to about face the way they did, what the F, man? And look who was in it, too. That's the thing. Yeah, right. Well, because nothing draws in ratings like Bubba Ray Dudley. This was look, before he was even moderately successful. By yeah, himself, I mean. Right. Hey, TNA, guess what ECW was smart enough not to do? Give him their world title. Multiple times, mind you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But we'll get into all of that here uh, in just a few. First, I want to let everybody know about our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, 
you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros. Golf Signature Polos. Muller Bros. Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. Muller Bros doesn't just have polos, by the way. They have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like that barbecue that your family invited you to, or even that get-together with your friends. Maybe a night out on the town if you want to have fun while looking good and also impressing the local ladies. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros. polos. Mahler Bros. Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now we're going to get into our first break here. On the other end, we're going to get into all the news and notes that you can handle on the other end of this oh, yeah. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store Slash main event marks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event, Marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event, Marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! 
Get real with the fever on the dance floor. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. If you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes time. You have anything you're cracking today? Uh, give me a second. There you go. It's four o'clock somewhere. I'm just drinking uh, coffee. So I have sparkling iced caffeine with no sugar. Nice. Well, I guess I'm I on a low sugar stick right now. Low yeah, sugar, no sugar. That cuts down on a lot of inflammations. Obviously, you know, very healthy for people. So, um, sugar is sugar is incredibly addictive. That's why they actually sprinkle it in cigarettes because it's so addictive it'll help you get hooked. I didn't find that out until a few years ago. It was like, well, I guess it makes sense. But That's how you kill America for you there, folks? Yep. But uh, I don't have anything to crack, so I guess we'll just crack right into the news here. That is correct. <laughs> Shut the f*** up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> I don't know why that part gets me. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, you know, that's for all of you to decide. How much of it is BS and how much of it is, uh, is Oh, that uh, depends. Who, who's reporting it? Well, this week, anything pre-2003, I get straight from the Observer. So I usually trust the National Enquirer more than I do Dave Meltzer. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> so you agree with... Shut the f*** up, Dave! Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. But since... Who's uh, saying that, by the way? That is an AI-generated Brian Alvarez. Oh. Somebody, w- somebody was able to clone his voice and have him say that. So, AI is getting scary, people. There was I wonder actual- how much he really says that. Yeah, right. I actually took that clip. Somebody made a an AI conversation uh, of cloned voices, obviously, of Jim Cornette and Brian oh, Last yeah. talking, and then uh, and they're talking about uh, like it, they're acting like it's on the Jim Cornette like his podcast, and they are listening to Dave Meltzer on his show. And then they switch to that, and as Dave talking about, he can't find out Batista's junk size, and Brian losing it Who on can? him. can? <laughs> uh, his wife, maybe? But, you know, she's keeping it hush-hush. She's not a whistleblower. Uh, I think James Dunn might know, too. <laughs> that, uh, well, you're setting me up already. That is correct. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Shit. So. <laughs> 
but there's <laughs> there's that and then uh yeah dave is like it, it's perfect the way they do it because dave is like well i uh i'm i'm uh you know it's like uh you know and then <laughs> brian's like shut the f up dave <laughs> there's a now that you mention this there was a funny one i heard with i think it was jim Cornette, vince russo and Bill monsoon oh my god <laughs> what a combo yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned it, was it just came up on my feed and Twitter. Someone, one of the, who I follow, posted it. It was crazy because it really sounded like they were the three of them were having a conversation. Well, here we go uh, with this section of the news right away. This week in ECW. This week is ECW. Exactly. And there's a lot of news coming out of here, and uh, I mean, spoiler alert: <laughs> none of it's good. Your hesitation always gets me. It it never fails. Yeah. <laughs> like well, ever. Well, here we go with this one. It's no secret that ECW is plagued with money problems and lots of wrestlers are, no! owed, are owed significant sums of money. Bounce no! checks of bounce checks of wrestlers are are uh are excuse me, bounce checks are everywhere. There's tons checks of rumors. Are that, I know. It, I I'm shocked too. I'm I'm leaving right now because I don't believe you. I don't. I'm not going to deal with the podcast. It just spits out bullshit. I'm so done with this. Never, so you would never talk to to Dave Meltzer? No, so. I wish I would have peed on him with that chance I had in the Shark Tank. How dare you? But well, I should I reword this? Bounce checks are everywhere. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's no allegedly about that. Like no, many a, people have said it. I think Paul has confirmed it too. It's like, well, you know, uh, well, he's basically come out and said that is correct. I do know that on the Rise and Fall of ECW DVD, I did hear Lance Storm flat out say, I never had a check bounce. He may be the one that Hayden paid. <laughs> or there were a couple was, of them that was, was like... The first one to yeah. The cash. <laughs> yeah, right. There are a couple of guys I know of that it's like... Uh, I, I don't know if Paul had a short list. It's like, these guys must always get paid, sir. But yeah, anyway. Him and Mike Awesome, you know, all the guys that jumped. <laughs> yeah, right. But there are tons of rumors about Paul Heyman being very close to uh, several big deals that might help save the company, but no one knows anything for sure. The most talked about deal is for ECW to get a one-hour weekly show on TNN, but that's not quite finalized just yet. Heyman is also said to be close to finalizing a deal with a claim for a video game and maybe more. Whoa, yeah, he got happen. two hits. I know. Both of these are, you know, uh, right on the money. How about that? Two acclaimed video games, mind you. Wait, they had a second acclaimed video game? I thought they only had the one. Yeah, they had was a Hardcore Revolution and then Anarchy Rules. Oh, okay. I only played the one that was like... Anarchy Rules both? was was interesting because they had the, uh, the barbed wire ropes, um, the dumpster they match, both? and uh, the, the the floor was on fire, like Inferno, but wow. it wasn't the ring, the floor. You know, it was like it's like that game Lobby you play when you're a kid. You throw them out and they catch on fire. <laughs> Is that uh, were both of the games like ripoffs of WWF Attitude? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Hardcore Revolution was an Attitude clone, and then uh, Anarchy Rules was a Hardcore Revolution clone with ac- extra stuff added in. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah, because I remember playing. I played Hardcore Revolution. I did not play Anarchy Rules, so I did not know. But uh, God knows don't... why I had had them. I don't even I remember. Might... I don't remember if I bought them or someone gave them to me. I don't remember. I don't think I bought them though. I didn't buy them. I had rented them when I was uh, I was going through the video store one day looking at 
you know, uh, what I wanted to rent. And I was like, wait a minute, ECW had a video game? And this was after they were dead, I think. And I was like, I'll try it out. And I'm like, this is, this is just attitude. <laughs> like, hmm. what the hell? Can't blame ECW for that one. That's all a claim's fault. They got lazy. Right. Well, the one specific thing I remember was, I can't remember who I was versus Spike Dudley. And, like, people would yell, like, they would have, like, fans in the crowd yell random stuff like you're at an indie show. Did it in attitude, too. But uh, somebody yells out, hey, why do they call you Little Spike? I'm like, what the hell? Do you remember before the match that the, the, whoever you were, they would say something to each other? Maybe a soundbite from so. something they said? Yeah. Spikes, I remember vividly Spikes. I'm like, what the hell? Like, at the time, I thought it was funny. Now, looking back, I'm like, that's disgusting. Like, Spikes, when, before the match, you say, my daddy's my brother's uncle. <laughs> what the f? <laughs> Swear to God, it's real. Probably looking at my YouTube. Uh, Don Marie's my Don Marie's was funny too. She said, "Life is a bitch, and so am I." <laughs> good God, <laughs> <laughs> this is all real. I swear. <laughs> I remember in WWF Attitude, draws would just make a puking sound. <laughs> so well, he's got a puke. <laughs> right. Well, Shane Douglas is said to be owed more than eighty thousand dollars. And that has resulted in him quitting the company. About what he, he makes it, at Target as a manager, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's a guy uh, who can manage a Target. Right. Uh, he's supposed to work the pay-per-view against Just Incredible, which is going to be his final ECW match. But after issues all week with Paul Heyman, he ends up no-showing the event. Which, uh, I guess, in the long run, that sets, that sets us up for our first... <laughs> ...of the podcast. <laughs> But anyway, I was sure uh, you were going with that. Um, okay. Yeah. Maybe I well, watched the wrong show. Yeah, right. Well, the night before the pay-per-view, Douglas was at an indie show and was telling people that ECW was about to go under and that Paul Heyman wasn't returning his phone calls and hadn't sent him a plane ticket for the pay-per-view. Heyman's story is that he had a long conversation with Douglas for a uh, couple days ago and that they had worked out an agreement for him to work the show and put over Just Incredible. Heyman said that he didn't send Douglas a plane ticket because the show was within driving distance. It was a three-hour drive, so he didn't have to fly. I mean, that kind of makes sense. I mean, dude, just yeah. drive three hours, man. Well, because he said there's three sides to every story. You know, Paul's, the wrestlers, and the truth. Yeah, right. Well, Douglas also claims that the TNN deal isn't even close to done because TNN is asking questions about ECW's financial state. Heyman was furious when he heard that Douglas was saying that, and he tried to get a hold of him. How dare you say the truth out loud, sir? Uh, but I, I don't know who to believe there, because how can that be close to done? This is in May, and it's going to debut in October. It's only six months. There's no way in hell they're going to only give him a couple months' notice. That had to have been done or close to done. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they, I'm not going to just read my show like in August or October. I don't think. I'm not a pro there, but yeah, right. Well, uh, Douglas is still negotiating with the WWF, but nothing is finalized. Uh, should I hit it again? Uh, nothing would get finalized. Douglas says that he still considers himself an ECW employee and no one has told him that he's fired. Sources close to Heyman say otherwise and that Douglas is gone. Yeah. Wouldn't you know who on the pony Douglas is gone. And he would show up in WCW and uh, do a Viagra on a pole match. He would join the revolution and be anti-American. <laughs> yeah. He, the revolution is a country, not a 
stable, I guess, whatever. All of them but him would jump to the other company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he, he got like that twice. I mean, they think about that. <laughs> Dude, WWE wanted nothing to do with Shane Douglas. Like nothing at all. Toxic as hell, dude. Uh, I feel like they they must have got soured on him with the Dean Douglas run and just were like, nope, we're done. Never again. He's not worth it. (sighs) I don't know. But the night before the pay-per-view, Paul Heyman called Sid Vicious to get him to replace Shane Douglas in the match against Justin Credible. What about Sid? Yeah, right. May I have another volley, sir? How about Sid? But the problem is that Heyman is trying to build Justin Credible and Lance Storm as two of his top stars, but they're going to end up getting squashed by Sid because, well, that's how Sid does business. And Heyman was kind of in a bind. Heyman had previously vowed never to work with Sid again after he no-showed any CW Arena show a while back. In Sid's defense, Heyman had bounced a check to him. Yeah, I what think if he expected him to just show up when he stiffs him? Yeah. Intentionally or unintentionally? Unintentionally, I don't know, but... How dare you no show a, a, an event after I refused to pay you for the last time, sir? Actually, you should do a free show for me. Yeah. Look, you should keep working and expect that I'll live up to my word one of these days, perhaps, maybe. Like, dude, uh, you know, they gotta eat, they gotta pay for travel. Like, why would he just keep showing up hoping that maybe one of these days you'll give him a good check? It is, like, mind-boggling to me that Paul is gainfully employed to this day. Right? Out of everybody who left ECW, Paul Heyman is one of the top people who actually made it past, uh, you know, in the business still. Past, uh, you know, the closure of that damn thing. I gotta whip out. He's a charming son of a bitch. (laughs) Yep. Well, uh, Tommy Dreamer is, uh, has you know, been moderately successful, mostly because he's a wrestling whore and he says no to nothing. He held on for years and never was unemployed. Yeah, right. That's a skill, dude. He's still employed in Impact. Like, good grief. That's not a I like him, but it's crazy. Yeah. It took me a while to figure out that he's kind of a one-trick pony, but yeah. Like, how many times can you take a beer from the crowd and drink it and then grab somebody's stuffed animal and hit somebody with it? Because the microphone yeah. yell, I'm hardcore. Yeah, right. <sighs> Whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean. It, hey, man, he's got, he's got kids. He needs that job. <laughs> right. Hey, whatever. You know, if it gets you employed, good for you. But the only you're other one. money. I, you're doing it legit. Can't really talk crap to anybody. Can you? The only other one I can think of out of ECW that, you know, really struck it big out of wrestling uh, that's comparable to Paul would be uh, Rob Van Dam. Which, I might I throw mean, Taz on there, too. Uh, yeah, Taz has been Taz has been employed by somebody for the past, like, 30 years. In, in some form, by the way, not just wrestling. <laughs> right. Yeah. He Once he stepped out of the ring, he was employed by WWF. Then he went to TNA. Back to, uh, no, I, no, he never did go back to WWF. I think but, he went straight to AEW. He might take some time off. Yeah, he took yeah he took a little bit of time off, so I guess he was he over there carrying their announcing. <laughs> yeah, he had a he had a podcast or a radio show or one of them damn things. I'm I don't shocked, remember. really. I don't know yeah. if he had a podcast. Yeah, anybody yeah. could have one. Even two idiots like us. Yeah, but anyway, uh, getting into the next part of this here, uh, Axel Rotten, Chris Candido, and Tammy Real Sitch, <laughs> and Tammy Sitch are all gone from ECW. Candido and Sitch. Uh, we'll work the pay-per-view and we'll basically be buried. 
Yep. Uh, They're on their way out, too. I'll get to that here in a minute. But uh, both of them are owed money also because they allowed Paul Heyman to use their personal credit cards to buy plane tickets to fly wrestlers in for shows. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Candido claims that I don't want to speak ill of the dead. I would never do that. But damn, man, how dumb do you got to (laughs) be? I realize he was trying to be a nice guy and help the business and, oh, this could be the thing. But, oh, man. Like, no. It's basically the same situation with Douglas, who allowed Heyman to max out his personal credit cards in uh, to front ECW money, and now he's having to pay cash for everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm sorry, unless, like, unless you're my mother. Oh, I that's exactly th- what I was going to say, with the exception of my mother. Nobody. Yeah, Ever. I don't care. No. I don't care if I've known you my entire life and I trust you with with everything. I, just no, because that never ever ends well. Ever. It's just like anything can happen, anything can come up, and in ECW of all places, everything will come up. <laughs> Paul Heyman will come up. All right, that's just no. Good God, I think Shane Douglas says Paul Heyman still to this day owes him money. <laughs> A lot of people say that. Yeah, I, you well, know what? Them the same I believe thing. it. I, I like how most of them like laugh it off. Like, oh, that Paul, he's a character. <laughs> oh, he's crazy, Paul, you man. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> we do not, not rehearse folks. this. Yep. <laughs> uh, oh man! Weird, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's that's freaking weird. But last story I got out of ECW. Hey, look, this everybody's one, doing fine. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to. I want to be careful my words here, but everyone who's still alive is fine. So it's like it right. kind of worked out. Well, that's another thing with Paul, like with Paul Heyman. Like, you don't have the money to pay people back now. Pretty sure you do, bud. <laughs> oh, how do you know? My Jewish father lawyer said there is a statute of limitations. Somebody posted this in all sincerity. And I was like, oh, man. Um, wow. Either way, uh, this is the last story out of ECW. And I'll tell you what, man, this one hurts the most out of all of them. That's so, a statement. There's a rumor that New Jack has quit ECW. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, that or, is, I tell you already false because I know he's been on an episode on TNN. So. Yeah. Well, it's all, that means. So, uh, oh, there's a rumor that New Jack quit ECW. Anyway, uh, the story is that Paul Heyman has decided not to use him right now because of the mass transit trial that's coming up, and there is likely going to be some national publicity out of that. Heyman is trying to distance ECW from that as much as possible. I wonder why. Hey, uh, and, uh, any publicity is good publicity, right? Uh, maybe not in this case. But but he's trying to distance uh, the company from that while he's still trying to put all of these deals together. New Jack isn't happy about not being used, so he's telling people that he quit. Sure. To go where? XPW? Yeah. I don't even... It might be around? Yeah, I think it is around at this point. I don't know. I don't follow that crap, so... But yeah, this is just like... Oh no, what a loss. What will they do without New Jack? (laughs) So some big stuff out of wrestling here are, are, are out of uh, WCW and, and WWF uh, here. You actually. got it right. You got it right. You got it right. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> out of real wrestling here. 
Uh, Nitro was preempted this week by the NBA playoffs, so it was already expected that Raw would set a ratings record, but that number was uh, beyond what anyone had expected. Raw did a uh, eight. It's funny tonight as we record this. AEW is not preempted, but it's bumped up because of the NBA playoffs. <laughs> so it'll be on at five o'clock here. I don't know if ah, that means nice. two o'clock in the east. I don't know how that works, but I know I don't have to watch it on my app, my Comcast app. <laughs> nice. Well, Raw did Just an saying, eight. It's still happening this day. <laughs> right. Well, Raw did an eight point oh nine rating, making it the most watched wrestling show in the history of USA Network. I'm just going to say now, not just wrestling, but like what was that? Nothing. What was that date? Let's see the card was uh, May 10th. I'll get to the main event here in just a second. But uh, May 10th, 1999. But more than half of the usual Nitro audience tuned in to watch Raw. The Rock Austin Vince McMahon versus Undertaker Triple H Shane McMahon match uh, peaked at a 9.17 rating, making it the single most watched wrestling match in cable history and the first to top 10 million viewers. Also, Raw destroyed the NBA games that were on TNT uh, in place of Nitro. It was the Miami Heat defeating the New York Knicks. Shocker. So, yeah, I don't know about 1999, uh, how many people gave a damn about those teams. Pretty sure the Knicks still had a... The New York sound. Knicks are, are basketball royalty, so a lot of people watched yeah. them no matter what. But the Miami yeah, I was gonna Heat, say, no one cared about yeah. them until Dwayne Wade showed up. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I knew about the, the Knicks. That I mean, it's New York, so it's gonna have a big following good bad or indifferent but uh yeah the heat i don't think anybody cared about the heat until like at all until like you said Dwayne wade showed up but uh the raw rating is likely going to be one of the highest ratings for any show on cable tv this year and gives them a lot of leverage when negotiating their tv deal next year which uh you know would lead uh, to them I, leaving i was like i don't think that's gonna work out well believe it or not <laughs> yeah uh, uh, but uh, WWF is still negotiating with UPN to get another show on there later this year. That will happen. Uh, they've also had discussions with Fox for a network show, but Fox wants to buy the WWF or at least own a majority interest in the company, and Vince McMahon ain't going for that. Yet. Yeah, well, even when they did go to uh, Fox eventually, no, they didn't. Uh, they did not. Own, I just mean they don't own a majority. Period, but... Yeah, right, yeah. I remember this Raw vividly. Well, now that he's going through his Gomez-Adams uh, phase in life, he decided, might as well sell, pal. Like, yeah, you're a little Raw, old for I remember this crisis. One. This was a yeah. a crazy one. I swear. Yeah. There was a bunch of matches made by Shawn Michaels to just tear down the uh, corporation. Look at this one, dude. This is what got the ratings here. Paul Bear versus The Big Show. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Uh, wow. Yeah, and then uh, Billy Gunn versus Kane, Paul Bear versus Big Show, Deborah versus Sable in the evening gown match, Big Boss Man versus Test in a Coal Miner's Nightstick match. Bro! Coal Miner's Nightstick? That's what it says. Uh, I mean, look, I'm no historian or, you know, whatever the hell, but I don't think coal miners have ever used nightsticks. I mean, Maybe they beat off raccoons down there or something. Oh yeah, they're beating off raccoons in the in the coal mines. <laughs> that goes back to that uh, Paul Heyman story we just talked about. That girl. <laughs> so oh <what>? God! 
Right. Like Cactus uh, Jack versus Midian and Visser in a handicap match. Bradshaw oh, versus one Farouk. beat the two. Uh, yeah. Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was Vince yeah. Russo, so of course. Look at this, Bradshaw Farouk, no, no contest lumberjack match. Now I know. Um, they just put them together because they were trying to rip apart the ministry and the corporation. But mm-hmm. at the same time, this goes along with the theory that partners never get along because they're fighting here. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it had all the Russo staples on this card, man. Look at this one. Oh, the Stooges versus the Ministry Posse in a loser leaves WWE match. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, not the Mean Street Posse. I believe I... Mick Foley said that's the highest rated uh, match in Raw history. More people watch that match than anything. Uh, yeah, well, they said they actually said that the one that set the rating was the six man main event. It was uh, Rock, Austin, and Vince versus Taker, Triple H, and Shane. That was a 9.17 rating, got over 10 million views. So that was. Uh, it wasn't not- Jeff Jarrett versus Val Venus, huh? Or China versus Ken Shamrock. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. China versus Ken Shamrock. Oh, man. I know it sounds horrible, but I remember this episode. It was a really fun episode. Yeah. Well, I was I was going to say, uh, it's easy for us to, you know, look back and say, oh, my God, if they got a, you know, this kind of rating now. Dude, if anything got that kind of rating now, it would be huge. Like, nothing pulls in those kind of numbers on cable. Nothing. <laughs> so, this is uh, a BFD, we'll say. Big effing deal. Now in NXT. Yeah, right. Uh, the right. The ratings for both WCW Thunder and Nitro are falling on a record lows every week. House shows. Well, and you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, just uh, give it a year. House shows Plus, and pay-per-view. I think it's October. Uh, it comes in. Well, that is correct. <laughs> but house That's shows and, and pay-per-view buy rates are plummeting also. Uncle Dave says that this is all the result of a lot of long-term problems finally coming home to roost. Normally, I don't, you know, go with Dave's well, opinions on stuff, but he's spot on with a lot of this. We'll go, kind of go through the list. Uh, he I says just, there's I just all. How he points out the obvious, though. It's like, oh well, yeah. There's that. I mean, not Captain to obvious agree stuff. with him and still kick him while he's down, but no, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that is very true. But uh, either way. There's a lack of strong leadership, bad uh, company morale, a total disregard for what the fans want to see, hotshot title changes, booking that makes no sense, completely killing Goldberg's momentum, building the company around old stars. Right. Uh, Building the company around old stars and never planning for the future by building new ones, plot holes that you could drive trucks through, people sent out to kill TV time. uh, You could. Uh, I'm uh, sorry, let me uh, cut you off. And he. He praises AEW to this day, and I, if I didn't know any better, I think we were talking about that company right now. Yeah. Well, people sent out wow. to kill TV time and cut promos who don't really have anything to say. No follow-up yep. on anything due to no... It's all playing. Lo- it's all playing. <laughs> uh, yep. No follow-up on anything due to no more long-term booking plans for anyone. So many heel face turns that crowds often don't know who they're even supposed to cheer or boo for this week, etc. Uncle Dave yep. thinks that Eric Bischoff needs to regain full control of the company or step aside as the inmates are currently running the asylum. 
people no-showing or refusing to do jobs without punishment, and booking that is designed to bury people that Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan don't like rather than doing what's best for the show has also become a major issue. That is what's best for business. <laughs> I do want to He's clarify not- something, though. There's one thing AEW doesn't do. I don't, I don't think they do a lot of heel face turns. They don't do that a lot. No, that doesn't feel so, overdone. And they don't hot shot title changes. So I, I oh, gotta give it to them. Oh, they never have their champions on TV. Yeah, right. So it's hard to do. Or when uh, they do that, the world champion come out and cut the same promo every week. Yep. I'm uh, better than you. I'm Jewish. Debbie. Good God. That's, that's it. Every week. Yeah, throw in some squares and you got an MJF promo. <sighs> but anyway, he, look. Sorry, honestly, I left off. I left off uh, Magical place, Long Island, every week. No, oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, like we pointed out, Dave is stating the obvious here, but at the same time, he's not wrong with any of this stuff. So, there's that. But the latest on the WCW-NBC deal is that it's basically dead. Backstage, Eric Bischoff was telling people that TBS executives screwed up the deal somehow, and that NBC Someone backed out up. of it. <laughs> Do you remember that? The uh, UWF, Dark Side of the Ring? Like, Herb, uh, we have nobody here. Somebody screwed up. Like, nobody bought <laughs> Oh, somebody screwed up. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and then uh, NBC backed out of it after the NBA strike ended. However, a lot of people think that Bischoff is just trying to save face because it's looking like WCW and Bischoff specifically went around talking about the deal before it was done, which is why everyone thought, oh, that, stupid. Everyone thought that the deal was done. It turns out it wasn't. Yeah, why would you talk about a business... This would be the first of two business deals that he's like, oh, it's done. And then, uh, you know, come to find out. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> the second one would be a lot more consequential with, uh, oh, I'm, I'm running WCW now. I'm buying it. Blah, blah, blah. And it's gone. <sighs> Tell that one anyway. goodbye. Yeah, right. But the latest Slamboree pay-per-view is in the books. Six months ago, WCW drew 30,000 paid fans to the arena for a Nitro in the midst of a huge snowstorm. This week, they drew 13,000 paid for a pay-per-view. In the Ouch. beginning of summer. Yeah. Eric Bischoff returned to TV and somehow was has power over the company again and reversed the Ric Flair match decision so that he lost. It was never explained how Bischoff got his power back. In real life... Flair had been promised a pay-per-view win in exchange for doing jobs to Sting, Kevin Nash, and Diamond Dallas Page on TV in the last few weeks, but it didn't happen here, and once again, Flair is being vocal about how unhappy he is in WCW and wanting to go to the WWF. Same promise a win on pay-per-view is like signing on to a TV show and saying, okay, we promise you can get the the best joke in this episode. Yeah. It's a TV show. Excuse my language. Yeah, but I I don't know, man. Like, Flair wasn't exactly, like, a top-drawing star at this time. I know he was still, like, the legend and, a, you know, a top guy. But dang, man. I don't know. He, he lost to—look at this, you know, that list they mentioned. He lost to Sting, Nash, and DDP. Not exactly uh, Ham and Eggers. But whatever. But Bret Hart, fresh off groin surgery— uh, Nash returned. lost to Shawn Michaels on TV. What good is he than WCW? Yeah, right. Uh, Bret Hart, fresh off groin surgery, returned sooner than he was ready to at this show to do a run-in, and he was moving gingerly. Goldberg was taken to the hospital after the pay-per-view, thinking that he had a broken ankle, but x-rays, rev- 
x-rays showed there were no broken bones, so he'll be okay. The injury was caused by Bret Hart when he legitimately hit Goldberg's leg with a chair harder than he meant to. Oh, there's a twist. (laughs) Yeah, right. What a twist. Uh, I don't think I ever heard Goldberg bitch about that. In Hart's defense, he didn't put it. He didn't actually injure him. He just like hurt him. But yeah. Uh, But at the same time, that was the exact word he used, though. Bill, don't hurt me. Yeah. So Uh, it's just it's all ironic. Hart was apologizing profusely backstage afterwards because he has a reputation of never injuring anyone. The plan is for Goldberg to challenge Brett to a match on the Tonight Show back when it actually mattered. With Brett still saying that he quit WCW, and then the match will eventually take place in the Tonight Show parking lot in the next week or two. Right. That sounds awful. But Hart is clearly nowhere near ready to work a match after the surgery, but they still plan on doing it anyway. I think of a parking lot brawl, and I think of a technical wrestler like Bret Hart. (laughs) Yeah, right. Also, the Steiners got back together on this show with no buildup or reason given. And I finally, that. and finally, Kevin. Yeah, it's like, ah, you know what? All that blood feud stuff. F it. We're back together. Why? Because f- you. That's why. <laughs> and finally, but Kevin. The super bad one. F- me, right? There we go. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, uh, and finally, Kevin Nash won the world title from DDP. Uh, I wonder who's booking. Good God. WCW valet Chastity once appeared in a porn movie called Live Bait. I can hear the marks furiously Google searching this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Live Bait. Wow. That this was, was fishing porn ever. Yeah, right. Uh, it sounds like it should be like um, a show, like a, a movie that Chris Hansen is involved in. Good Lord. Like, like he's baiting someone. <laughs> But uh, this was reported um, on months ago, but now several media outlets are picking up on the story. It was mentioned on TV Guide and the New York Post, mostly in an attempt to trash Ted Turner. Yeah, I, if Ted Turner didn't own CNN and you know was a big media conglomerate, nobody probably would have given a damn. But it's no, it's everybody Ted hates success. Yeah. Well, headlines like one of the female stars of Ted Turner's family-friendly WCW organization has an X-rated past. Uh, let's let's be easy on the word "star" here. Let's be so liberal with that word. I know it's like female star. Didn't she just follow around Raven? <laughs> like, yep. Who, in his own right, was not a star. I love Raven. I'm not crapping on her, but yeah, no. Uh, it was also mentioned on Jay Leno's Tonight Show, Craig Kilborn's show, and even Saturday Night Live referenced it. Why was this such a big deal? She was a nobody. <laughs> like, good God. I, I know it's honestly off the top of my head right now. I don't even remember what she looks like. I know she's oh. blonde. That's literally the only feature I can mention of her. She's blonde. Past that, I, I don't freaking remember. I know you pointed it out to me at one time. You're like, oh, yeah, she got fired for uh, for doing porn. I'm like, oh, did she? I've never heard of her before. But yeah. But even the WWF made reference to it on their website, saying that at least their porn star is just a guy playing a gimmick. Says the company who brought in Jenna Jameson. And don't for, they have? Uh, yeah, don't they have an actual but, one in his video? <laughs> yeah, right. The producer of the film, Jules Jordan, was interviewed about it, saying that he's surprised it's such a big deal because she only appeared in one scene. There's no photo of her on the box, and she's not even listed in the credits. Anyway, Jules Jordan sounds like an actual porn name, not a director. 
or yeah, whatever he is. Producer. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he's a sleazy guy that wears sunglasses indoors and smokes a stogie. But anyway. Oh, uh, no. Those guys are usually down to earth. They're not sleazy at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. They're not sporting women in hell whatsoever. So. Backstage, Eric Bischoff has reportedly said that whatever she did in her past is in the past, and she won't be punished for it. To which I, I it say, yeah. <laughs> uh, she actually gets fired for this. So there's that. But not by him. So he didn't lie. I mean, I don't uh, know if he did or not, but yeah, I'm, I'm unless assume, if he did, it was because he was told to. I'm going to assume Turner, like the company Turner, not the guy Turner, probably sent down an edict. It was like fire. Now okay. I'm sure XPW was alive at this time. Didn't she go back to ECW for a bit, or was that I pre don't know. Yeah, I forget. No clue. And I don't care enough to. And screw you for asking yeah. me, thinking I would have an answer. Well, I don't know. We've watched some ECW stuff together. I thought maybe you'd remember, because <laughs> I don't. I know we've seen her in ECW. I just forget what shows. So sorry, I don't have my chastity timeline right in front of me. How anyway, did you not know she was a poor Look at that name. Uh, but Davy Boy Smith is improving and is able to move around a little even uh, and even leave the house. He's also still interested in wrestling again and is said to be in contact with Vince McMahon. Yeah, he would go to WWF. Yep. Uh, Even though WCW released him, they're still sending him weekly paychecks, which is a pretty obvious... (laughs) Which is a pretty obvious attempt to try to avoid a wrongful termination lawsuit and stay on his good side. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good way to do it. Keep sending him money. Uh, it's not quite the same situation for Rick Rude's family. Rude's widow has not received any checks from WCW, so they don't appear to be paying out the rest of his contract to his family. Well, it's not their fault he injected his dingling with steroids and killed himself. Oh, my God. I will Honky say... Talk man said that. What are you calling him a liar? Uh, you, if, if the sentence starts with the honky-tonk man said, <laughs> it's, it's just a lie. Uh, anyway, uh, but Harry Saturn is dealing with a back injury, which is su- which was suffered after landing on the Warriors' trap door uh, in you know, the WCW ring. City, uh, it sounds like a, a pandemic at the, t- at the time. Why don't you get rid of the damn thing? Yep. <sighs> well, that's the same as Davy Boy Smith's injury. This week, he had fluid injected into his L4 disc and has been in agony to the point of that other wrestlers were having to help him carry his bags in the airport. Oh, he hell had been, no. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, if, I'm, I'm done at that point. Yeah, <sighs> right. If you can't carry your bags, how are you going to put on a match, man? But he had been taking heavy painkillers to deal with it, but was said to be scared of Rick Rude's death and stopped taking them. He's not working house shows right now, and uh, but he, since he is one half... Okay, no one's going to him right now either, so it's fine. Yeah, right. Nobody will know. Uh, but... Uh, since he's half of the tag team champions, he's still doing TV and pay-per-views. Oh, well. Oh, what good. a trooper. Yeah. How, how are you still putting this dude in the ring, man? Why? God. Idiot That's feet. not a liability. Dude, nowadays, if somebody gets, like, hit in the head a little hard in WWE, they're, they're off the show at least for a week. <sighs> Whatever. But... Goldberg tried to renegotiate his contract this week. He's still signed for several more years at 80 grand or, or excuse me, 800 grand per year, even though he is 
by far WCW's biggest star, he is still paid well below the likes of Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Bret Hart, Randy Savage, and Sting, all of whom make $1.5 million or higher. So he tried to renegotiate and get a raise, but Eric Bischoff isn't going for that, which was which has left Goldberg pretty unhappy. Yeah, Kevin Nash and him and Scott Hall were rooting for it because of their favorite nation's clause. <laughs> yeah, well, I think he ended up like getting that raise after a while because uh, Hulk Hogan hooked him up with Barry Bloom, and uh, that that's uh, Hogan's big time agent there that got him all of his big deals. And uh, yeah, basically, uh, Bischoff said that made his life a living hell negotiating with Goldberg. So yeah, uh, good stuff there. He also said that him and Barry Bloom were friends before those negotiations. And we're no longer on speaking terms after those negotiations. So, <laughs> well, how's it not Hulk's fault? Like, he did it all. Yeah, it's uh, it's that's not good, man. But either way, WCW is tossing around the idea of bringing in Sid Vicious. What about Sid? Oh, they do. And, and uh, Yoko Zuna, because they that's don't. just what that's just what they need to kickstart business. Yokozuna wouldn't even be allowed to wrestle in some states since he can't pass commission physicals. Sid will be there soon enough, though. Millennium Man. Yeah. Which is something they could have built a young star from, by the way. But now it's throwing Sid. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's Sid, who's on the downside of his career. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, I've only got one news out of the WWF besides that combo of Raw and Nitro's ratings there, but... This one is U.S. News and World Report magazine ran a big seven-page feature on wrestling, mostly Vince McMahon, and as always, it was full of Vince's revisionist history uh, as f- and was full of the usual fake numbers like 35 million viewers, $500 million, uh, $500 million company, etc. Uh, and it covered all the usual, is this suitable for kids stuff? McMahon also talked about his past extramarital affairs behind Linda's back and talked about the steroid use in wrestling, quote, back when it was legal, end quote. But of course, he claims there is no drug problem in WWF nowadays. Uh, should I hit it again? Uh, yeah, I don't know about all that, but uh, they always say history is written by the winners. And I, was, uh, I like that what you said, by the way, his extramarital affairs behind his wife's back, as opposed to the old extramarital affairs in front of your wife's face. Uh, hey, man, that's become a, a that's become a, a, a thing now. I I've seen multiple companies or companies. God, I've seen multiple couples that uh, will have extramarital affairs and uh, it's signed off on by by whoever they're with. So that's your problem now. Yeah. Well, either way, getting into Japan here. All Japan Pro Wrestling officially announced Ms. Uh, Mitsuharu Mizawa as the new president of the company in a press conference. Giant Baba's wife, Matoko Baba, is on the board of directors, along with several other top wrestlers. Oh, what can go wrong when your board consists of, you know, active wrestlers? Uh, nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's never been the downfall of company. This one's kind of sad. Uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams inquired about getting rehired by All Japan Pro Wrestling and was basically told, Maybe. In the past, Williams was the top foreign star, but that role has now been filled by Vader. With business not doing so great these days, it's not for sure that they will want to pay Williams the big salary that he's expecting. Williams well, knocked out my bar gun on TV. We're going to see. <laughs> Good God. Uh, Williams is pretty upset with how his WWF run played out. Well, yeah. Uh, in all see my Japan, previous statement? Right. 
In all Japan, he had a great paying job where he got first class accommodations everywhere paid for, and it was pretty much a job for life. However, Jim Ross convinced him that he could come to the WWF and only work 10 to 15 days a month so he could spend more time with his family. Uh, and he was supposedly promised a run with Steve Austin. But the Brawl for All basically wrecked those plans, and then Vince McMahon lost interest in him, so he feels like he never got a fair shot. Now he wants to go back to All Japan, but that might not work out either. Yikes, okay, that's um, rough. A couple things here. Number one, do you know where he went to college by any chance? Uh, I've never well, heard. Uh, uh, well, you know, here's a uh, uh, left note tackle, uh, you know, uh, tight end wide receiver quarterback center for uh, for Oklahoma University Boomer Center. I think I got it all in there, right? I mean, the other one, too, is like, I don't agree with you so much, but he did have a good point on that episode, Dark Side of the Ring. So it's not like we were bringing Dr. Death in on his prime. You know, it's not like they lost a prime young star here. Let's be real. We've literally done shows in the 80s on this podcast with him in it. So. Also, I think. People act like they lost like the big young up and coming star. They just lost Gunther or something. No, you didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Also, uh, I I think that Jim Ross and and Bruce Pritchard both kind of confirmed like he was never promised to run with Austin. Uh, That was just something that was like maybe talked about. But what world is that something everyone's going to tune into? For some reason, they thought Dr. Death was a big get. Which I guess if you grew up in the South at that time, all right, whatever. But speaking of which, uh, there's a. I remember being 14 years old when he came in. I'm like, really? Him? Yeah, right. I, I didn't know where he was. I had been aware of him at the time from the NWA, but. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know who the hell he was. I was like, oh, I guess he's a big, tough guy. He, he looks tough and imposing whatever but I, i'm like i don't you know and then you I get care? to the microphone and you're like oh i'm not intimidated at all by this guy <laughs> sounds like a dork but um I, I actually heard speaking of like you know where you grew up and whatever uh, i was listening to a show the other day and there was one of the guys was a couple years older than me uh, another one was about 38 39 somewhere in there and uh the the one that was closer to my age was saying he's like oh he um you know, I grew up, you know, loving, uh, you know, Macho Man, Randy Savage, you know, bigger than life, whatever. And the other one was like, oh, yeah, my guy growing up, my guys were the Von Erics and I love doing the claw and whatever. I'm like, really? Like, I mean, you watched wrestling pretty young in the 80s. You're, you know, so uh, I know you didn't grow up in Texas, obviously. So I, maybe that was just like a Texas thing. Maybe they were like uh, football in Texas. Everybody liked the Von Erics. Yeah, right. If you grew up in Texas in the 80s, you liked uh, Jesus, the Von Erichs, and uh, Texas University. Go Longhorns. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, uh, bad news, Allen wrestled his final match. Play gunning with God. Bad news, Allen wrestled his final match this week in Canada and is retiring. Oh, uh, and will be getting a double knee replacement. The doctor suggests old when I knew in 1999 he was still wrestling. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, wait, what? The doctor suggested that he do one knee now and the other in six months, uh, but he opted to do them both at the same time and get it over with. Yeah, I heard that recovery is yeah, I can see, I can see the uh, the reason in doing that, but I think I would listen to the doctor on that one. Yeah, we were actually immobile for a while. 
That's become a thing lately, though. Uh, like, Dustin Rhodes had it done. Uh, Nia Jax had that done. Uh, didn't Kevin Owens get him, get both his knees done? I, I, I don't want to say there was somebody else. I think, I think it was Kevin Owens. It was somebody that, like, they just got both knees operated on the same time. And they were, like, posting their recovery, whatever. They just, they were laid up in bed with their legs all wrapped from ankle to thigh. Like, damn. And, yeah, they had to wheel themselves around in a wheelchair everywhere. Like, that That's why Zeke when I hit him, we'll call it fake. Yeah, right. Well, legendary wrestling announcer, it's Gordon Sully. You can be manipulated, but ain't damn thing fake about it. Yeah, pretty much. Legendary wrestling announcer Gordon Sully is having some health issues lately. He was supposed to do commentary for an indie show, but he had to cancel because of polyps on his vocal cords. I think they, that indie show might have been Heroes of Wrestling. Might have been. I know he pulled I out of that I think that was one. the one. That might have been the one. Yeah, that, that sounds about it. in the archives, right? No, we didn't do that one. Uh, we yeah. should, because we got to do that one. We got to do the, the full thing, man. Sit there through the whole show. <sighs> anyway. No, I... I I don't believe in suicide because you go to hell, but why that show would make me want to chance hell. Just saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> but they're checking to see if it's malignant. Uh, Sully recently lost his wife to cancer. Sadly, this is indeed throat cancer, and he dies about a year later. I'm not. It sucks. It sucks, but you know, when you sit there and smoke cigarettes all the time, when you smoke like a chimney and drink like a fish, you're kind of asking for it at that point. Not you know, saying what you deserve it. King? Yeah, uh, I, th- I think so. Well, I'm sorry, but it's like, I'm, and I'm not saying you just, des- oh, you deserve it when you do that. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, it's like, if you're running through traffic, I'm not saying you deserve to get hit by a car and die, but you're chancing it. Gonna. Yeah, like, there you go. Oh, man, I remember some of this one, man. So, good lord, big- that's not a good opening. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, there's a made-for-TV movie airing next week about Jesse Ventura. Never saw it. Never even heard of it. My dad put it on TV when it was like, you know, they actually had it on TV, and I was like, my God. But Uncle Dave has seen an advanced copy and says that it's really bad. Also, it gets basically everything wrong. Parts of it were filmed at Nitro, and in scenes that supposedly take place in the 70s, you can see NWO merchandise and WCW logos in the background. Okay, you can't <laughs> knock a movie for that, because that happens very often in movies when they do flashbacks and stuff. Uh, Remember that movie, that movie Troy with Brad Pitt? There's yeah. a scene where there's an airplane in the air. Sometimes you just can't control certain things, so that's not really a fair knock. If okay, something like that. It's like, really, how much money did you spend on that movie? And you left a damn plane, even CGI <laughs> that damn thing out. Like, come on, that's stupid. That's like, I'm just uh, saying, when you film stuff, sometimes you just don't see what the camera sees. Yeah, I don't know. This was just like, why are you filming at Nitro? Like, and and here's another thing. Is there? Uh, is there? Uh, I'll use this word again, but kind of horrors and take anything to get money at this point. Basically, well. Here's another one. Goldberg, Raven, and Chris Canyon all have small roles in it. Because, you know, that makes sense. Two uh, for the Jews. And Canyon worked at, yeah, two out of three. There you go. <laughs> and Canyon worked as a consultant behind the scenes for all the wrestling stuff. It's basically a bad, cheesy, made-for-TV flick. And it's cl- and it's clear that the people making it didn't really know much about wrestling. There's a No! Yeah. <laughs> There's a sleazy, evil promoter that's supposed to be Vince McMahon. Rob Reiner plays Gorilla, who is Ventura's announcing partner. 
I could see that. Yeah, physically, I could see that if you shave it, if you shave his face, put some sunglasses on him. But uh, there, can you imagine Rob Reiner? It's like, would you stop it? That'd be hilarious. Is that a meathead? Yeah. Uh, they also pretty much recreate the Montreal screw job in this movie, which is why? <laughs> because they claim that is what causes Ventura to quit wrestling. You know, in 1997. Uh, I didn't know he was that close with the hearts. He was out of wrestling way before that. And then he came back for SummerSlam 99. This movie is legendarily bad. Yeah. It sounds like it. It was horrible. I even, I remember as a, you know. It sounds like they just plucked moments out of wrestling and put it in there and slapped Jesse Ventura's name on the title and hope it stuck. Yep. And they got a Jesse Ventura impersonator to uh, like narrate the whole thing and like play act in it, whatever. Couldn't get, oh, I don't know, the actual man himself. Nope, you gotta get a you gotta get an actor because they dressed him up like uh, in the old scenes and whatever, and then they had him like looking like the governor nowadays. Yeah, uh, you you remember that time when you're a kid where you don't really know what a bad movie is and everything is just like oh yeah you know, yeah you know, whatever. I watched Batman Robin yeah <laughs> right uh, this this was a time I was still at that stage and even I saw this was like that's bad like this like what is this. But my dad notoriously watched terrible television, so that was I think just all another thing. Did. My dad did too. Yeah, he liked. Uh, was that the uh, the last real uh, last action hero or, or no? What the hell is that one? Where it's like it was, no, it was it was a show. Yeah, my dad uh, loved Under Paradise. I'll tell you that. My dad liked that one too. The Greatest American Hero. That's what I'm thinking of. You remember that show? I don't. Uh, yeah, it's a super corny show. Uh, <laughs> people can. Well, the fact that you're look, laughing at your dad for liking it, it kind of give away that was corny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like this guy gets superpowers in a weird way, and then he's got to figure out how to use the powers. And like, it's like every episode yeah, I, he finds. I've seen that. It's called Spider Man. Yeah. Well, like every episode, it's like he's figuring out a new power that he has, and uh, he can't yeah, use it properly. Yeah, sounds like Spider Man. And it's just some like uh, some goofy little skinny dude with a a blonde um, uh, a blonde okay, afro. Again, gonna, again, sounds okay except for that part. It sounds like Spider Man, goofy white guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but last story I got here: uh, UFC 20 took place and was most notable for Boss Rutten winning the UFC heavyweight title in a controversial split decision that most people think Kevin Randleman should have won. It's led to a lot yeah. of questions. Kevin Randleman did, Randleman did win that fight. but Yeah, well, it's led to a lot of questions about whether the fight was fixed since the UFC has invested a lot of money in Bas- Boss Rutten uh, as their next big star, so they had a good reason for wanting him to win. Randleman's people were said to be furious afterwards, feeling that their guy got robbed. Well, that happens yeah. more and more in UFC today, so. Yeah, just stupid Uncle- judges. Yeah, even Uncle Dave said, he's like, I don't think it was fixed. I just think the judges were dumb. So, there you go. Boss Root may be the greatest heavyweight fighter that ever lived. People never talk about him. We'll look at his record. Yeah, right. But that does it for the news and notes. You ready to get into the event at hand? Ish. All right. Well, we're going to hit our next break. When we come back, it's hardcore heaven time on the podcast. 
follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector what's up everybody i am the hardest part of the ring the host of the apron bump podcast Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It is ECW Hardcore Heaven 1999. Took place May 16th, 1999 at the Mid Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. Yeah, that place. Uh, the attendance was 2,800 people. Yeah. Uh, the attendance was 2,800 people with a buy rate of 0.23. I did not watch this before you asked. Did you watch any of the ECW pay-per-views back then? Uh, I watched a couple. A friend would like um, record them and bring it over. I don't think I ever watched this one. So. Yeah, this... I didn't know ECW was a thing back then, so <laughs> I definitely wasn't ordering their pay-per-views. I don't think I would have either if I had watched one. So, per our usual arrangement, Joey Styles opens up the show in the ring. He's interrupted by Black, Back in Black by ACDC, bringing out Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch. I was today's years old when I knew that Chris Candido used Back in Black as his theme. What did you watch this on? Uh, uh, a certain website where uh, it was basically a, a VHS rip. And I know that it was a VHS rip because there was a point in the sh- in the show where the screen goes black and it says tracking. <laughs> Good lord, remember I remember that. Yep, I was like, holy crap, that just sent me back to this time. Yeah, Peacock, he comes out to his uh, body, Donnestine. Kill figure. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh god, I I, I would laugh <laughs> if that was true. But Joey tells Chris that he's a little early for the main event, and Chris says that tonight he's got himself an insurance policy in the Dudley Boys. The Dudleys come out to the ring, and Chris Candido goes on a rant, saying that he knows he can beat Taz and become the new world heavyweight champion. Taz's theme hits, and Taz rushes the ring, taking out the Dudleys along the way. He brings out a referee with him and tells the ref to start the match. Now, Taz's theme actually is the WWE theme on this. Really? (laughs) Nice. Uh, yeah, because this is how things work. You know, uh, you can just be like, you know what? I know our match is scheduled for the main event, but let's do it right now because I said so. Get out here, referee. You know, that happens to this day. Brock Lesnar so, did it. So weird. The other thing I want to know about this, like, OK, so their whole thing is like, well, Chris is leaving the companies. Let's bury him and get him the F out. 
You still had the scheduled main event match. Why not just put on the damn match and have Taz beat him clean in the middle? Is that just like... Yeah, you're stupid. I'm using logic and stuff. Yeah. Cal from so. Bump, you hear this? He's using logic too. <laughs> we all well, this, this is Taz defending the ECW title against Chris Candido in a minute, 10 seconds. That's right. Yeah. Taz, Taz makes quick work of Candido, making him tap out to the Katahajime. It's okay. Dave. He's going to go win the prestigious Cruiserweight title soon, so it's fine. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> By the time it means absolutely nothing. Uh, Uncle Dave gives it a quarter of a star. I didn't even rate it. Did you? I gave it one. I guess in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have rated it. It made no sense. It was under two minutes. I was like, this this is nothing. I think he hit a hey, suplex. Hey, hey. He had no and, problem with it. Yeah. Well, after the match, the Dudleys hit the 3D on Taz, and the crowd chants, one more time, one more time. <laughs> like, isn't Taz the baby face here? What is going on? Because they always got winded when someone was leaving, and so, you know, they, there's a group sign as respect. You're leaving us? You're leaving this amazing company? Yeah, right. How dare you leave the sweat box of a hell hole? You mean you want to get paid? How dare you? But as EMTs are helping Taz out of the ring and to the, to the back, but Cyrus joins Joey Styles on commentary, telling Joey to calm down because, quote, it's only wrestling. What the actual hell, man? <laughs> so literally, right in the beginning of, the, of your show, you're telling us none of this matters. It's just wrestling. Calm down, nerds. So Russo says to Cornette when he wants him to calm down, stop trying to hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is just... Uh, the bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. But next, the Dudley boys are alone in the ring now, and Bubba Ray runs down the, his entire resume before issuing a challenge, saying that if anyone has what, big enough... What a resume it was, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> saying that if anyone has big enough balls, they can join him in the ring right now. Yeah, that was clever. I didn't see this coming. Not shockingly at all, Balls Mahoney comes out to take out the Dudleys solo, and then mid-match, I guess, we hear Highway to Hell by ACDC, which will make this the third ACDC song if you count Balls Mahoney's theme as well. <laughs> they just spam the hell out of their uh, the ACDC catalog, didn't they? But I like WWE downstate. Yeah, right. Spike slides in the ring behind the Dudley boys and low blows them, Starting a tag match, I guess. This one is the Dudley Boys of Bubba Ray and Devon defending the ECW World Tag Team titles against Bowles Mahoney and Spike Dudley. Spike and Balls. Hell, Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one goes just under eight minutes. Of course. Go ahead. <sighs> Spike and Balls. That's what Gronkowski does, isn't it? Spikes the balls. So. Oh, well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's also in your window, but why of course you get so much play. And that's that hell. It's only every show. Uh, I know just good God. And, and I didn't give a also, damn about spike until, uh, later years in WWE. I don't know if you know this, by the way, but balls money was kicked off the wrestling team for hitting the ref. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he punched a referee and not only did he get kicked off the team, he was banned for life from all amateur wrestling events. He could never even be in the stands for one. Because, you know, that's how things work. And Joey Styles will tell you multiple times. <laughs> yep. But of course, people get put through tables. Joel Gertner gets involved and Balls spits a fireball in his face. 
Balsa needs a 3 Which, by the way, is a uh, it's like a very big highlight clip for ECW throughout the years. If you ever look at the uh, the uh, montage of their stuff, they always show that. Balls spit a fireball. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. I would but, be worried uh, about anything from that guy's mouth. Let's look at him. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he's oh, passed man. away, I'm so I'm going to kill myself. But, yeah. We all know how, we, wh- how and why he passed away, unfortunately. But, yeah. But either way, Balls eats a 3D and gets pinned to lose. Uncle Dave gave it a quarter of a star. I gave it a star. Let's see you. A whole star. Suck. For some reason, now. On a really bad roll with these matches here. <laughs> yeah, trust me. It, like, it, the next three, three, four matches, whatever, are much better. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the that's saying a matches. lot. Yeah, this, it started off really bad. But hey, I'm going to consider that this the pre-show. Because after these two title matches, now they roll the damn show the the damn video show intro. Why? Because you, that's why. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like me, right? <laughs> it's like one of those old James Bond movies where like a million things happen before they roll the credits. Yeah. And it's like, what the... Dude, I, I'm not kidding. I've watched shows. I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. But I've watched shows like that are 30 minutes long. 15 minutes into the episode, they roll the opening credits. I'm like, what the hell? Like, at this point, just F it. You're wasting time at that point. Yeah, right. Getting into this uh, next match here, we get Super Crazy versus Taka Mishinoku, uh, fresh off getting released by WWF. Uh, this goes... Uh, he'll be back. Yeah, well, he'll be back indeed. Uh, this goes about eight and a half minutes. <laughs> uh, in the end, Taka gets hit with two power bombs in a row. For a super crazy victory. Uncle Dave gave this two and three quarter stars. Something had to shave off that quarter star, man. I the way he even... almost fell in that second power bomb. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> I gave it an even three. What say you? <laughs> I did too. <laughs> I thought it was a damn good, uh, damn good it was match. Fun. But of course, Joey Styles had to crack on WWF in this one. Or I can't remember. Uh, Don Callis said something about Taka being like pompous or something like that. And and Joey was like, yeah, well, being the WWF Light Heavyweight Champion will do that to you. Like, what? That title meant more than anything this company ever had. Yeah, at least that one made it onto TV that people watched. <laughs> but anyway. Also, we, people didn't forget that title, I think, was made just for him. When he won uh, it, they had like, all the press and everything. It was like, a huge deal. Yeah, that sounds about right. But, well, you, you remember when it first started out, it was just like him and Brian Christopher over and over, man. Yep. Like, we commented on that, where it was like, dude, they had nobody in this division except them. But we now go to Joey Styles looking like Gordon Gecko, telling us about the upcoming <laughs> RVD versus Cherry Lynn match. People don't know who that is. Google it. We then get a video recap of their feud. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I had it saved. I guess it's a good time to use it. Oh, <laughs> but now we go back to Joe to where Joel Gertner is rolling around in pain, towel over his face backstage, and there's a note on him. The Dudleys read it, and Sign Guy demands that they quote take his ass out, whoever it is. What was that uh, thing he wore around his neck? Uh, it was like a soft neck brace, 
whatever. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say neck brace because that seems like the obvious answer, but it wasn't for like a broken neck, right? Ever? He wore all well, the he, time. It it was at first, and it just became a gimmick because he like he effed up his neck, and he had to wear a a, a brace around it, and then he just started like uh, getting custom ones with like designs and crap on it, and then it just became his gimmick. He'd put the bow tie over it, and it was like, okie dokie. But uh, I guess this is a hit list, by the way. The Dudleys charge into the locker rooms and beat up the first person they see who happens to be Nova. Oh, you know, because Hollywood Nova. Yeah, because if uh, there's one person who needs to get got, man, it's Nova. The science system. Yeah, right. He hadn't even sold them like crappy shakes yet, man. So what the hell? But up next, we have Little Guido with Big Sal versus Yoshihiro Tajiri in 11 minutes. By the way, I always hear the music on Peacock, so this time I actually got to hear the real music. And, yeah, I, I finally see why you like the FBI theme. It was pretty sweet. It was like a, was like a remix of, the, um, of uh, Staying Alive. alive. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's called, if anybody wants to look it up, it's called Stylin' Alive. And it's like a, uh, some rapper took the beat of Staying Alive and like rapped over it. It's pretty sweet. I, I enjoyed it. But the dub music on Peacock is pretty bad, though. Yeah, it's just like it's like some disco song. It's it's like not even a good one. But they yeah, there the, were some really good disco songs. So don't you dare talk bad about Earth, Wind, and Fire. All right, that's not disco. Not. The hell, it wasn't. That was definitely disco. They had the they had the disco shoes. They did the disco dancing in their videos. They had the the afros rocking. Oh, black men did funk. They didn't do disco. That was the idiot white guys. Oh, good God. Hey, Casey and the Sunshine Band had a few good hits. Anyway, in the end of the day, this uh, pretty damn good match, Tajiri hit a spin kick followed by a brain buster for the win. Uncle Dave, again, gave it two and three quarter stars. Well, you know, because there was only one Japanese guy in this match. Uh, I gave it three and, and it a half. it was in, in Tokyo Dome. Exactly. It was in mid-Hudson. I gave it three and a half. I really like this match. What say you? I gave it three. This was my favorite match of the night up until uh, the yeah, TV well, title match coming up. Yeah. Well, it comes come as no surprise what the best match of the night is. Right. But we now get a video recap with uh, River of Deceit by Mad Season playing over it. It's not what I got. Yeah. No, on on, w, on uh, Peacock, they always play that like Boom, boom, boom. It's like, it's the best you got. Anyway, it's uh, the videos of Tommy Dreamer repeatedly trying to powerbomb Don Marie and Lance Storm repeatedly saving her. That will set up for Dreamer versus yeah. Storm. Yeah, that woman violence. Hell yeah. Pile drive that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but backstage, the Dudleys are looking to, at the hit list again. And Rob Price, whoever the F that is, is on the list. They say that they like him, but they've been paid to take him out. So they track him down and beat him down with a chair in the locker room. Paulie's uh, accountant, pretty sure. Yeah, well, he's not Jewish. What the hell? Well, they all want to take him out. <laughs> uh, Joey Styles now runs down all the tour dates for ECW through the next year, and now we've got this. It is Lance Storm with Don Marie in his corner taking on Tommy. Looking Dreamer. all the way live. Oh hell, Don Marie yeah. was doing it too. <laughs> wow. Taking on Tommy Dreamer with Francine in his corner, and it's a also street fight. Alive. You ain't kidding. This goes for a little past 13 and a half minutes. 
Well, Francine needed somebody else to latch onto at this point because uh, her man's out the dough. But so Don Marie is like they haven't named her Don Marie yet. She's still like the fake Beulah or on her oh, Chiron she's, here. She's Tamulin bitch with a Y. I was going to say that's that's on her. That is on her Chiron here. It's like, oh, dokie. But when Tommy enters, he points to the back. That, by the way. That's the actual name. That's your government name. Yeah, oh, it's on her driver's license. <laughs> when Tommy enters, he points to the back, and out comes Francine to even the odds against Don. The crowd blows. Tommy gets busted open during this one, uh, and it's uh, it's new clip, uh, new clip time here. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. <laughs> wow, there's a, a throwback. Yeah, that's, that's the why. second Benstiller thing you've referenced. I think conversation with me in the past 24 hours. You realize that? The Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to branch out from Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. Why? I, I like Stiller, but he's not them. I'm sorry. No, but yeah, comb in some others here and there. I, why not? Anyway, uh, the ref eats it when uh, Lance Storm swings a ladder and accidentally takes him out. Dreamer puts Storm through a table with a Spicoli driver off the middle rope. But there's no ref to count. Cyrus now runs out and pulls Dreamer off. But then Francine takes out Cyrus with a flying forearm and then a Bronco Buster in the corner. Look, something tells me he was fine with the Bronco Buster, okay? I would have paid good money for that. Yeah, right? Hey, uh, Tony Khan pays good money to do that with oh, uh, the donkey. Lord. Allegedly! There's footage anyway. of him doing it on, on Dynamite at, or at the end of a show. <sighs> doing the Bronco Buster? Yeah. To who? I don't know who it was, honestly. Oh, well, no, I was saying he he paid good money to have it done with a donkey in, in, down in Mexico, and, and that's what... Uh, and somehow, uh, but Daniel Garcia Daniel, was there with his little camera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Allegedly! So, but anyway, uh, Don Marie goes after Francine now, and then Tommy grabs Don for a pile driver, shows everyone in the crowd her panties, and then hits the pile driver. Finally, so you can watch this show. Yeah, exactly. Where's the T and A? Come bro, on, man. Told you, bro. <laughs> uh, Landstorm puts a trash can over Tommy Dreamer's head now. It's a flying spin kick off the top I rope. I took that as a wins. odd metaphor. <laughs> uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave this trace stars. What say you? I gave it three as well. Well, five after the ending, but three. Yeah. Good God. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty good match. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was... You know, had a lot going on, but I mean, it was supposed to be that way. It was set up that way. It was a street fight, so I don't know. Either way, Lance you know, I'm carries. Not, I'm not going to sit here and advocate man woman violence, but do you realize that women in ECW had no problem getting that physical involved? WWE yep. didn't want to break their nails. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, in in WWE for the longest time, it was like, uh, I got a slap fight. <laughs> what or segment is it where I can take off arm my clothes? Underwear. Yeah, right. Uh, well, Lance carries Don to the back, and Francine tries to help Tommy, but he refuses help and literally crawls to the back. We now go back to the Dudleys, who are looking at the hit list, and Jack Victory's name is on it. Yeah, Hell Jack Victory yes. sighting. Come on, man. There we go. Get it in there. I tell the hit list but, is nobody, so by the way. I know. It's like, who are these people, and why do I care? 
but they don't want to beat up Jack Victory because he's a friend and he's injured. They then open the envelope and they see what uh, that they were left $5,000 to do this. So Bubba says, oh my god, Jack Victory's a dead man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's the first and only time they got paid in that company. Exactly. But Devon convinces Jack Victory to come out of the crapper so that Bubba can jump him with a chair and beat him down. Good God, there's a metaphor. There's a metaphor there, too. (laughs) But Bubba then says that Cash rules everything around the Dudley boys, and they tell Jack Victory it's nothing personal, just business. Now we switch to Taz, who's icing his neck. He promises to take out the Dudley boys tonight, but what they did to him. Dave Prezak tries to wrap it up, and then Taz yells at him for, quote, not letting him do his gimmick. And then he hits his catchphrase. Then we get... I'm Taz, the world heavyweight champion. Beat me if you can. Survive, Dudleys, if I let you. Right. Um, <sighs> if you can't beat him, don't you already survive? Doesn't kind of like step on his own catchphrase? Yeah. I, well, if you beat him, doesn't that... That's what like, I mean, if you can yeah, beat him. Yeah, yeah, then you survive. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you're thinking too much about this, Greg. Damn it. More logic. <laughs> we now go back to Gordon Gecko Jr., a.k.a. Uh, Joey Styles. <laughs> recapping what we saw from the Dudleys and Taz. He talks about them not following the format that he was given. That's cute, yeah, that after, yeah. that's cute that after all these years, he expects someone in ECW to follow the format. Like, that's cute that he, actually, that he actually thinks we believe they had a format in that company. Yeah, that too. It's like, dude, that's the takeout menu from the Chinese place down the road. Shut up. Lord, buried it more than I would have. <laughs> Like, you know what you want. The orange chicken and the lo mein give you a Coke. There you go. Literally what I get. (laughs) But this next match is Rob Van Dam defending the ECW World's television title with Bill Alfonso in his corner against Jerry Lynn. It is a no time limit match. So, you know, hell yeah. (laughs) But it goes just shy of 27 minutes. It's not really hard to get hyped when Walk by Pantera plays for RVD's entrance. That's one of them, like, when uh, when Enter Sandman hits. It's like, hell yeah. But The entire Sandman's... crowd gets up, by the way. And just It's insane right. how over he was. Yep, they sing for uh, they sing for both of those songs. But, uh, you know, well, you know, Greg, Chris Jericho invented that, though. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Did I talk to you about that, where he said... He no, but I like, saw the clip on YouTube. Yeah, where he was no, like, what he does. Oh, oh, now. Oh. Yeah, because, you know, people weren't singing along to uh, Shinsuke's theme back in the day. No, yeah, just uh, Chris Jericho started it. Duh. Like, dude, you were literally in the company that started it, thus knowing you didn't. Right. <sighs> well, and like I just said, they, they, they would do that in ECW all the time, too. So it's like... I feel like Whatever. they started it. Right. But the difference, I will say, between uh, RVD coming out to uh, Pantera and then uh, Sandman coming out to Metallica is for the Sandman, then that damn bell had to ring. So that kind of ruined the whole thing. But uh, the greatest Russian leg sweep industry, though, dude. Yeah, the white Russian leg sweep. (laughs) Which I had to ask my father. I was like, why is it a white Russian leg sweep? And he had to explain. He's like, ah, it's an alcoholic drink. It's a white Russian. I'm like, okie dokie. Makes sense. See, you know what's funny? I, I knew that, and I didn't understand the joke in that movie, 48 Hours. You ever seen that movie? Yeah. You remember when Eddie Murphy walks into the bar? It's like the all-white bar. And yeah. the, uh, 
The bartender says, how about a black Russian? I didn't understand why that was funny, but. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good grief. <laughs> black Russian. That's funny. He said on black. This racism is killing me inside. Anyway, uh, both men get busted open at various times. RVD looks like he was busted open the hard way. Uh, lots of chairs and a few tables get used in this one. They're both hitting each other pretty damn hard throughout this match. Bonzi catches a flying chair in the face at one point. Uh, RVD I was hits okay five. with that because he shoved that damn whistle, so yeah, I'm not right. going to complain. I, didn't I don't earlier. understand how somebody didn't hit him like legitimately. almost shut the hell up with that thing. And RVD had to be there every night with it. Dude, like I know you're all not, zen and not, crap. Not just with it, but like next to it. I know. But RVD hits a five-star frog splash at one point, crawls to the corner, uh, but gets small packaged for, or excuse me, crawls to the cover, but gets small packaged for a near fall. After a bit more positioning. Yeah, problem night flashback. <laughs> Fonzie throws a chair to RVD. He hits the Van Daminator and then follows up with another five-star frog splash. The win! So... RVD and Jerry Lynn were both injured in this match with concussions, and both were legitimately knocked out uh, at different times. And Lynn was actually hospitalized afterwards for that, as well as a broken nose. So, kind of makes this a little bit more impressive. He went on to have a great it, musical career, though. He's good. Good grief. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this four and a quarter stars. I give it an even four. What say you? I gave it an even five. This is probably the best match in CW history. Really damn good. Uh, love these love these guys every time they hooked up. Some matches were obviously better than others. Uh, they faced each other at Nothing least. Nothing was what? better than this, though. Yeah, they faced each other, what, four or five times at least? In the, I don't remember uh, how many specific. It was it's quite a bit, I'll say that. But After the match, Van Dam calls Jerry Lynn back. They high-five each other, and then Lynn takes off, giving RVD time to celebrate his win in the ring. My knowledge, this is the first ever frenemy relationship in wrestling right here. Oh, uh, and uh, Vince Russo didn't come up with it. Bro. And he, he's like, no, bro, I would have made them the tag champs and they would have hated each other, bro. <laughs> we now go backstage. You know, the they won the, titles? the tournament, bro. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> I missed that one. Uh, we now go backstage with the Dudleys yet again. Bubba is beside himself about what Taz said about them. Devon is pacing back and forth. The cameraman can't freaking stand still, and it's making me sick. Dude, that wasn't just me, huh? Yeah. I'm like, I wrote, I wrote down on, on the, uh, I forget where, I'm trying to look here, but I wrote down, it like, looks like the uh, Blair Witch movie. All yeah, night, every time they're in the back. It's annoying. But Bubba Ray switches back and forth between his thick New York accent and a clearly fake Southern accent as he says that the Dudleys are done hiding and they'll take on anyone. Like, dude, like, give up the charade at this point. Just talk your normal, like, New York way, man. I like how when he became Bully Ray, he became thick New York. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but Big Dick Dudley now bursts into the room. Hey, he's still employed. Uh, and he's yeah, holding... Cr- I mean- the check's clear I, for him, huh? Yeah, right. Well, if there's one guy. But he's holding uh, Chris Chetty in a, like uh, by the wrist and around the neck. And he, he literally comes in and says, Look who I got! Taz's cousin! I'm like, what the F is wrong with you, man? <laughs> well, but, they're all... Uh, 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 what's that word? Um, cousin's in right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Bubba Ray beats the ever-loving hell out of Chris Chetty, making him bleed. Uh, Devon then looks, or, well, I guess I, that, that sets me up to play it again. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody! <laughs> <laughs> I still love how all the deadlies are, like, all related, and they're all vastly different colors. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's not like, you know, like, you know, like, like someone's half black, usually, like, light-skinned. Nope, Devon's dark as hell. Yeah, we're supposed to believe they're all related <laughs> by blood, by not marriage. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Stevon looks like he doesn't want anything to do with this, not even wanting to touch Chetty. Did you notice this? It was like he was yeah, shying away I from I think it. he was, like, ashamed of it. Yeah. That's like, what the hell is going on? We now get a recap of Just Incredible and Shane Douglas's feud. Then we go back to Joey Styles, who says, Shane Douglas isn't there. <laughs> so I play the video, man. <laughs> <sighs> and he says he very likely will not be in back in ECW ever again. So just incredible has no opponent. You just out, played that video. Young. God. <laughs> uh, if this in the archives later. Twenty point two thousand six, right? Six seven. Something Go like that. But uh, just incredible comes to the ring with Jason and Jazz, who is Got also hives. nameless. Why is it, by the way, that like every time a woman is introduced in ECW for like the first two months of their career, they don't have a name? Bro, like, nobody cares about the woman's name, bro. We just care about the boobs. <laughs> they did that with Francine. I think they did it with Beulah. They did it with Don Marie. They did it with Jazz. I'm like, why? Like, just be fair. They maybe did it with China. I don't. Did they? I don't yeah. remember that. They well, just kept calling her the Amazonian. Uh, wow. Uh, that was a stretch, huh? Yeah, right. ECW also did it with Leah, by the way. She didn't have a name for the longest time. She was just unnamed uh, hot redhead. Okay. But Justin cuts a promo. He runs down his resume and talks about how he's guiltier than OJ. But yeah, because OJ <laughs> got off. Uh, but he says uh, that no justice system would dare sentence him to the electric chair. Okay. But this, of course... I don't think that was even a thing in 99, was it? I don't... I think Texas still had old Sparky going, but I don't know. That's about the only state I could think of. Uh, this brings out Judge Jeff hey, Jones Jess. for the second time tonight that they had, uh, you know, a extremely contrived open challenge. But he's wheeling a stretcher behind him, which, by the way, I got to point out, was never used. So, spoilers, but yeah. He tells I'm Just- tell you something real quick, not a wrong this. Mm-hmm. Uh, at WrestleMania this year, thirty-nine, uh, I went to go. I was going to to find um, Kyle, apron bump, and as uh-huh. I go to his section, I'm walking up some stairs. There is a stretcher there, and there's three um, uh, what do you call those EMTs? And they're just chilling on it. The hell! Like it's 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 not up. It's down. You know, you can fold it down. Yeah, they, it, they're just chilling on it, like because there's nowhere for them to sit, I guess. And they're watching Random. the show, or no, they're not watching. The show's not going on yet, but like they're going to sit there and watch the show, and it's in the audience, like so it's not like going to be used for wrestlers or something. Wow! I just found I should take a picture of it. It just found it to be hilarious. And they're literally just sitting there chilling on it, getting ready to watch the show. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know why I found that so damn funny. <laughs> ah. we're just, it's like we're just sitting there waiting for someone to get hurt. Yeah. Again, not funny, but that's what it felt like. Bro, we got a job to do, bro. Yeah, so anyway, Judge Jeff Jones says that, or he tells Justin that he will be executed for his crimes by the man. 
Sid now comes out in jeans and a leather vest to a huge pop from the crowd now. And this match is go. on. Yeah. God dang it. Look at him. What about Sid? <laughs> this match is, I, I say match, like I, I use that term loosely here, but it is just incredible with Jazz and Jason taking on Sid with Judge Jeff Jones. It was about two minutes. So Sid goes powerbomb Justin, but Jason stops him only to get powerbombed himself. Justin Kane Sid in the back and gets choke slammed when he no-sells it. Uh, Lance Storm now dives onto Sid, who no-sells that. And Sid is about to slam Storm, but Justin throws powder in his face. A bell continuously rings for the next, like, five minutes. God, I hated that when I was a kid, man. They it's did like it every a, Monday on Nitro. It's like the timekeeper has a, is having a seizure here. Like, and, and this isn't, like, normal, like... Um, I mean, it's all stupid when they do it, but in some promotions, they'll ding, 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 and then like give it a, f- a few seconds and then do it again. Well, this dude just for like five minutes straight, just bong, 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 bong. It's like he's telling us the British were coming. <laughs> yeah, right. Something like that. Oh, good Lord. But anyway, uh, so Uncle Dave actually gave this a negative star. I didn't even rate this. Did you? I gave it one, but I guess I get it. Hindsight shit, no, but. Yeah, I refuse to rate it because I'm like, was this a match? I mean, I guess it was. I, I don't freaking know, man. It was it was supposed to be. Yeah, well, supposed to and was are two totally different things, I guess. But um, uh, it's, it's like, you know, I'll have you know, the, the genetic jackhammer in Greenwich, Connecticut told me to use Sid. It wow. did not get over. Well, after the match, Storm Incredible lays Sid out on a table on the ramp before Sabu comes out to beat them up. Uh, apparently uh, he was, uh, yeah. How how to make this better, man? Sabu. <laughs> apparently Sabu was way early and missed his cue, and apparently there was something they were setting up that he completely effed up. So, I, that's weird. They're I, usually I, so organized in that company. Yeah, well, and and Sabu is usually like so level-headed and always on time. Model <sighs> citizen. He, he would so do a cannonball into the. Uh... That water that you get baptized in, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he'd do the Arabian uh, face buster into it and pray to the wrong god in church. <laughs> there was a line in a ICP song where he says, "I sabooed your mama through a coffee table." Good lord. <sighs> Either way, he lays credible on the table now with Sid, and he attempts to triple jump leg drop on them, but uh, Storm saves credible. Having Sabu dive on only Sid to put him through the table. Security rushes in to apprehend Sabu, but Sabu keeps beating them down until he, uh, they finally get him to go to the back. Sid, for some reason, which I never figured out, is mad at Jeff Jones. Like, Because he why? looks stupid. Yeah, I, He's wielding I mean, a weapon that could potentially be lethal, so wouldn't you be mad here? Yeah, I, I just couldn't figure this out, but... me, right? So... <laughs> I don't know, but uh, we do not use logic here, sir. Uh, Sid is shoving Jones and telling him off. Jones tries to shake Sid's hand, but Sid ain't having it, and he power bombs him. The crowd wants one more, and Sid gives it to him. I think this is the last time Sid would be seen in this company. Oh no! I think it was the only time he was seen in that company. No, he was seen another time because remember uh, he was on another show with, that we did. I can't remember the name. Can't remember what show it was now, but yeah, he uh, 
he came out with Judge Jeff Jones again and freaking powerbombed everybody and their mother. So there was that. Man, but after I just love bringing in the uh, the old dudes that were hot at one time, huh? When you get yeah, right. That yes, actually got some yeah. time on Raw a couple weeks ago. Billy against WrestleMania. That was kind of weird to hear. Yeah. Cody thanked him for giving him money to to appear because he paid bills with it because they were broke. Wow. Tell him well, uh, legit too because he damn near cried. Yeah, right. Well, that thank one, you, uh, Paul, for letting that check clear. <laughs> we almost couldn't eat because of you and you know your honesty for once. We were able to. Eat. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember. I think was it was it living dangerously two thousand or something like that. I know it was him and Carino in a bull rope. Yeah, uh, it's now in the archives. If anybody goes checks that out. But either way, uh, we're about to get into the main event here, so we're going to take our second to last break. On the other end of this, we're getting. I thought into that all... was the main event. Oh uh, well, uh, not quite. <laughs> we'll be right back here with the world title match. It's uh, it's something right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... K-A-S-T. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Brocast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Get real with the fever on the dance floor. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. After another advertisement for upcoming ECW tour dates, we go back to Joey Styles, who says that he has zero idea what the hell is next since Taz and Candido was supposed to close the show. <laughs> well, man. the last ever ECW show ended like this, too, if you remember. <laughs> yep, fitting in for this company. So now they're going to throw out some unadvertised match because, you know, that's how it should go. Hey, screw you. We already have your money. I mean, that's not an illogical. I'm not saying screw you part, but like they do already have the money, so they can do whatever yeah. they want, right? That's true. Because... But if you want them to order the next one, I mean, yeah, right. Well, well, yeah, and the and the fans are sitting at home like me, right? <laughs> but anyway, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley and Sign Guy Dudley now make their ways to the ring again, and Bubba says that Devon broke his hand on Chris Chetty's skull. Which, uh, you know, Devon didn't touch Chris Chetty, so that's a lie. He refused to. <laughs> yeah, right. He acted like Chris Chetty had, like, cooties or something. Yeah. 
So he says, so now he will be the one that will challenge Taz for the ECW World Heavyweight title. Taz accepts the challenge and comes out for the match. <laughs> this was a match. Uh, Taz suplexes the crap out of Bubba Ray and then grabs a mic to say it's FTW rules where falls will count anywhere. Oh, well, thank God, you know, because it's been such a law-abiding show filled with <laughs> yeah. rules up until now. My, I wrote Got down here, why, why was Bubba was the, the deadly to challenge for the title? I'm not knocking him or anything. I'm not praising him, oh, but, but like he was always the yeah. one. It was, it was Devon. No, no, no. It has to be Bubba. Yeah, right. Well, this match is Taz defending the ECW title against Bubba Ray Dudley with Sign Guy Dudley in his corner. FTW it's a real match fall. on pay-per-view, folks, in 1999. Yep. In FTW Falls Count Anywhere rules, it, is, it goes for 12 minutes, 17 seconds. They brawl all the way to the backstage area and through the fans. Taz gets busted open at one point. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody! <laughs> And uh, surprisingly, Bubba Ray is the one in control while they do all this. Bubba sets tables up in two of the corners of the ring, and Taz makes a comeback. For some reason, both men decide to hip toss the referee through a table. Because he looks stupid. Yeah, well. It was me, right? It was what? <laughs> that was Jim Molyneux, right? Uh, I have no idea who the hell it was. He had but, no problem getting physical, ever. Yeah. But then after this, Devon comes to the ring to double team Taz with Bubba Ray. Apparently he wasn't that hurt. Bubba Ray gets Taz plexed through a table for a near fall. Taz finally locks in the Katahajime for the submission win. The Katahajime. They... You ever notice he always enunciated the Katahajime? <laughs> yep. Yeah, freaking Joey Styles was nuts with it. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it a star and three quarters. Oh, that's too much. Yeah, what the hell shaved <laughs> off a quarter of a star? I actually gave it an even two, slightly below average. So you uh, actually, I gave it a two as well. I feel like hearing you describe it, my like, that's a horrible match. But I remember watching it, it was like it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was okay. It was just but why did I this have to how, happen? How great Taz was too, by the way. Sometimes you watch an ECW show, you realize, like, man, this guy was great. Yeah, right. It's uh. Now, granted, I don't want to step on my own statement here, but this wasn't a showcase in how great he was, but you can see it. Yeah. Like, if I'm telling someone, you want to see how great Taz is, go watch him and Bubba Ray. No, that's not what I would say. (laughs) But he was damn good. (laughs) Yeah, no, not quite, but yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, The the match was what it was. Uh, I I still am just like, why? Why was this on pay per view? Uh, and why couldn't you just do the scheduled match? He was there. No, we got to bury him in the first match and get him the F out. Why? Um, well, I guess I got to play. I'm sure it. there's a reason, but I'm not going to look yeah. for it. Well, yeah, that reason was <laughs> me, right? <laughs> but Taz leaves the destruction in the ring and we get and a video. People, re- think, people think WWE is the only one that did this crap. Oh, you're leaving? You're going to make an ass out of you. Yeah, at least they didn't, you know, oh, well, we had this match advertised for the main event of the pay-per-view built up to it. Not F it. So dumb. But after Taz leaves, we get a video recap of the show with The Zoo by Bruce Dickinson playing over it. And that the Bruce close. Dickinson. Exactly. But that will close the show. He's done there, take- man. They're going to be wearing gold-plated diapers. Wait, what the hell? 
don't question Bruce Dickinson. I don't think you even know what the hell I'm referring to. That whole Saturday Night Live sketch with the cowbell. Oh, is that is that something to do with Bruce Dickinson? Yeah, that's who. Um, that's who. Um, uh, Christopher Walken was. Really? Well, I I had no freaking clue. I just know that they used his song to do uh, a lot of their video recaps. So that's all I know about him. That's hilarious, though. Well, they didn't have enough cowbell on this show, so there was a cowbell been... on the show, though, in that that stupid fan in the front row. Uh, of course, there was. Well, he kept trying to give it to people every time they passed by throughout the match. Yeah, they're use like, F bell, off, dude. Use it." Well, to be like, fair, though, they set the precedent for taking the weapons from the crowd and using them. That is true. It hadn't been done before, so he probably was like, oh, it's my turn. I want to get mine in. Tommy Dreamer kept that crap going to this day. Pretty sure he invented it, too. Yeah. Well, we're going to take our final break of the podcast. On the other end of this, we're going to tell you the final ratings of what's coming up next week on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It is final ratings time. Uh, the Internet Movie Database is, it gives us 7.4 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 6.46 out of 10. For an ECW show, I gave it an 8 out of 10 because of the four matches in the middle of the card. What say you? I, I gave it a C here, a C minus. And not bad. Yeah, I mean, I would have given it a, maybe a, well, you gave it a C minus? Yeah. I might have I given it a C plus, B minus, somewhere in there. But An RVD I, match, I mean, if I'm grading on a curve, I really saved the hell out of this pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. Well... I don't know. It was what it was. But something else that is what it is, is next week, ladies and gents, we are covering a slamboree. This one from 1996. 
lethal lottery. <laughs> yeah, it's lethal lottery, which you know it's let's always bad. go over. It's really not that bad. Yeah. It's not that great either. But those always dumpers. go great, you know, slamboree or, or you know the lethal lotteries. Those are notoriously great things. Yeah, and I'm sure the lottery was as legit as, as the brawl for all. When you see yeah. some of these teams. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well. That is coming up next week. It is also double main event week. We're bringing you, I realize it's the May bonus show, and this took place in April, but it's close a frick enough. It, we are covering the first ever SmackDown. It's basically the pilot that aired on April 29th, 1999. So a few weeks before AKA, this pay-per-view AKA aired. the show that uh, made Vince Russo say bye, bro. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that's coming up next week. Like I said, dose shows in Uno Weeks. Should be fun. Uh, the news is usually pretty fun coming out of those years. So anything out of the mid to late 90s is fairly entertaining news-wise. But yeah, either way, that's what we got for you. And then we're wrapping up the month, obviously, May 31st with Ring of Honors, War of the Worlds 2014. Bringing in some New Japan talent for the show as well. So it'll be, uh, be fun to watch that. Anyway, that does it for us today, Greg. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, sure. It was ECW. <laughs> and uh it honestly was it was uh you know we've done way worse with ECW I'll say that. So. And and going off of your uh how I can see you plan stuff, we will do way worse. Uh because I don't well, think there's very many good ones left. We cover all the good ones. Fairly legal. That is correct. <laughs> Got one more in. <laughs> oh. But either way. That does it for us for today. We will see you all next week for Double Main Event Week when we bring you WCW Slamboree 96 and next Friday for the first ever SmackDown on April 29th, 1999.